0: Welcome to Reading the One Year Bible Together, a daily podcast that runs Monday through Saturday. My name is Bryce Tomlinson, and I'll be joined by Sherry Atanasal, and on occasion, my lovely wife, Julie. If you don't have a one-year Bible, you can get a reading plan at oneyearbibleonline.com. There's a link in the description of this video on Facebook, and as well as the show notes of our podcast. This podcast is recorded from Jitsi, where we do our live streams daily. Details can be found in the show notes as well as on our Facebook page. You're welcome to read out of whichever version of the Bible that you like best. We just happen to use the World English Bible because it's public domain. And as such, this podcast and its corresponding live stream are also public domain. You're welcome to download them and re-upload them anywhere that you see fit, anywhere that you think that the Word of God is needed. We feel like that's pretty much everywhere, so you should totally do that. And even if you can't, you can still hit that share button, share this on your timeline, share this on your Facebook, your Twitter feed, your TikTok, or wherever you think that people ought to be getting into the Bible. In the show notes, you'll find links to PayPal and Patreon, where you can show your support and contribute to the improving of our audio quality and the audio gear that we use to record these podcasts and live streams. Thanks for joining us, and here we go. Today is July 21st, and that means it is day 202 of the One Year Bible. Day 202 is going to start us out in Second Chronicles chapter 4. So if you want to get turned there, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for our time together, for this podcast, for having new listeners and um, people that want to get into the Bible. Lord, we ask that your Bible, your word would correct us and chastise us, cause us to be more like you. We ask that your Holy Spirit would light up our path, would make us understand your word, give us faith and strengthen our faith. We believe, help our unbelief with your word today. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, Second Chronicles chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Then he made an altar of bronze, twenty cubits long, twenty cubits wide, and ten cubits high. Also he made the molten sea of ten cubits from brim to brim. It was round, five cubits high, and thirty cubits in circumference. Under it was the likeness of oxen which encircled it for ten cubits encircling the sea the oxen were in two rows cast when it was cast it stood on twelve oxen three looking toward the north three looking toward the west three looking toward the south and three looking toward the east and the sea was set on them above and all their hindquarters were inward it was a handbreadth thick its brim was made like the brim of a cup like the flower of a lily it received and held three thousand baths
1: he also made 10 basins and put five on the right hand and five on the left to wash in them the things that belonged to the burnt offering were washed in them but the sea was for the priests to wash in he made the 10 lampstands of gold according to the ordinance concerning them and he set them in the temple five on the right hand and five on the left he made also ten tables and placed them in the temple, five on the right side and five on the left. He made one hundred basins of gold. Furthermore, he made the court of the priests, the great court, and the doors for the court, and overlaid their doors with bronze. He set the sea on the right side of the house, eastward toward the south. Huram made the pots, the
0: shovels, and the basins. So Huram finished doing the work that he did for King Solomon in God's house. The two pillars, the bowls, the two two capitals which were on top of the pillars, the two networks to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on top of the pillars, and the 400 pomegranates for two networks, two rows of pomegranates for each network to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on the pillars. He also made the bases and he made the basins on the bases, one sea and the twelve oxen under it.
1: Haram-Abi also made the pots, the shovels, the forks, and all its vessels for King Solomon, for Yahweh's house of bright bronze. The king cast them in the plain of the Jordan, in the clay ground between Sukkoth and Zerida. Thus Solomon made all these vessels in great abundance, so that the weight of the bronze could not be determined. Solomon made all the vessels that were in God's house, the golden altar, the tables with the showbread on them and the lamp stands with their lamps to burn according to the ordinance before the inner sanctuary of pure gold and the flowers the lamps and the tongs of gold that was purest gold and the snuffers the basins the spoons and the fire pans of pure gold as for the entry of the house its inner doors for the most holy place and the doors of the main hall of the temple were of gold
0: and now we are continuing in Second Chronicles chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Thus all the work that Solomon did for Yahweh's house was finished. Solomon brought in the things that David his father had dedicated, even the silver, the gold, and all the vessels, and put them in the treasuries of God's house. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the princes of the fathers' households of the children of Israel, to Jerusalem, to bring up the ark of Yahweh's covenant out of David's city, which is Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled themselves to the king at the feast, which was in the seventh month. All the elders of Israel came. The Levites took up the ark. They brought up the ark, the tent of meeting, and all the
1: holy vessels that were in the tent. The Levitical priests brought these up. King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel, who were assembled to him, or before the ark, sacrificing sheep and cattle that could not be counted or numbered for multitude. The priests brought in the ark of Yahweh's covenant to its place, into the inner sanctuary of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread out their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubim covered the ark and its poles above. The poles were so long that the ends of the poles were seen from the ark in front of the inner sanctuary, but they were not seen outside, and it is there to this day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets which Moses put there at Horeb, when Yahweh made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. When the priests had come out of the holy place, for all the
0: priests who were present had sanctified themselves and didn't keep their divisions. Also the Levites who were the singers, all of them, even Asaph hem and their sons and their brothers, arrayed in fine linen with cymbals and stringed instruments and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them 120 priests, sounding with trumpets. When the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking Yahweh, and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised Yahweh, saying, For He is good, for His loving kindness endures forever. Then the house was filled with a cloud, even Yahweh's house, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for Yahweh's glory filled God's house. Next, we are continuing in Second Chronicles chapter 6, starting in verse 1.
1: Then Solomon said, Yahweh has said that he would dwell in the thick darkness, but I have built you a house and home, a place for you to dwell in forever. The king turned his face and blessed all the assembly of Israel, and all the assembly of Israel stood. He said, Blessed be Yahweh, the God of Israel, who spoke with his mouth to David my father, and has with his hands fulfilled it, saying, Since the day that I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel to build a house in, that my name might be there, and I chose no man to be prince over my people Israel. But now I have chosen Jerusalem, that
0: my name might be there, and I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David my father to build a house for the name of Yahweh, the God of Israel. But Yahweh said to David my father, Whereas it was in your heart to build a house for my name you did well that it was in your heart nevertheless you shall not build the house but your son who will come out of your body he shall build the house for my name yahweh has performed his word that he spoke for i have risen up in the place of david my father and sit on the throne of israel as yahweh promised and have built the house for the name of yahweh the god of israel there i have set the ark in which is yahweh's covenant which he made with the children of israel next we are going into the new testament roman chapter 7, starting in verse 1.
1: Or don't you know, brothers, for I speak to men who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man for as long as he lives? For the woman that has a husband is bound by law to the husband while he lives. But if the husband dies, she is discharged from the law of the husband. So then if, while the husband lives, she is joined to another man, she would be called an adulteress. But if the husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she is joined to another man. Therefore, my brothers, you also were made dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you would be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we might produce fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were through the law worked in our members to bring out fruit to death.
0: But now we have been discharged from the law, having died to that in which we were held, so that we serve in newness of the Spirit, and not in oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. However, I wouldn't have known sin except through the law, for I wouldn't have known coveting unless the law had said, You shall not covet. But sin, finding occasion through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of coveting. For apart from the law, sin is dead. I was alive apart from the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. The commandment, which was for life, this I found to be for death.
1: For sin, finding occasion through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. Therefore the law indeed is holy, and the commandment holy, righteous, and good. Did then that which is good become death to me? May it never be. But sin, that it might be shown to be sin, was producing death in me through that which is good, that through the commandment sin might become exceedingly sinful.
0: And now we are going back into the Old Testament, we are in Psalm 17, starting in verse 1. Hear, Yahweh, my righteous plea, give ear to my prayer that doesn't go out of deceitful lips. Let my sentence come out of your presence. Let your eyes look on equity. You have proved my heart. You have visited me in the night. You have tried me and found nothing. I have resolved that my mouth shall not disobey. As for the deeds of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept myself from the ways of the violin. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped.
1: I have called on you, for you will answer me, God. Turn your ear to me, hear my speech. Show your marvelous loving kindness, you who save those who take refuge by your right hand from their enemies. Keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me under the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who oppress me, my deadly enemies who surround me they close up their callous hearts with their mouth they speak Proudly They have
0: now surrounded us in our steps. They set their eyes to cast us down to the earth. He is like a lion that is greedy of his prey, as it were a young lion lurking in secret places. Arise, Yahweh, confront him, cast him down. Deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, Yahweh, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill the belly of your cherished ones. Your sons have plenty, and they store up wealth for their children. As for me, I shall see your face in righteousness, I shall be satisfied when I awake with seeing your form. Lastly, we finish with Proverbs chapter 19, verses 22 and 23.
1: That which makes a man to be desired is his kindness. A poor man is better than a liar. The fear of Yahweh leads to life, then contentment. He rests and will not be touched by trouble.
0: Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for our time together, for this uh, podcast, for this fellowship that we have, being able to read live and um, get together and do this together each day. We just thank you for it. It's a blessing to us. It fuels the rest of our day. It motivates us and moves us forward. God, we want to ask for healing for our loved ones and our friends and family. For those that are suffering with deaths, we want to pray a special prayer for Terry and Delilah who lost their Son to suicide recently. Um, We pray for Danny and Imelda, lost Maria, Imelda's mom, and um, we pray for Penny, lost her husband, Mike. She seems to be recovering well, but it's only been a few weeks since she's maybe overzealous to get moving. And we pray for Jeffrey and we pray that he would come back to church. We pray that the loss of his wife, Diana, wouldn't overwhelm him and cause him to go back into old bad habits and and isolate himself from everybody. Lord, we pray for those suffering with cancer. We pray for Shirley, for Richard, for Calvin, for Lawrence. Uh, We pray that you would heal these mutated cells of cancer, that you would eradicate them and cause them to become normal. Pray that you would take this out and and, um, alleviate any side effects from the treatments and medications and so-called medications that they're taking pray that you would that you would be the great physician and you would treat them, do something miraculous in their life. And we pray for those suffering with heart diseases and ailments. We pray for Sue for Stephanie, Ralph, and George, and myself and my dad those with AFib and heart failure and and complete organ shutdowns, Lord, we just pray that you would work a miracle in these, that you would cause it to be a witness to your great might and power, um, your ability to reach in without leaving a mark. That's what we pray for. We pray for it to testify to lost doctors and lost nurses, lost home health care providers. We pray that it would minister to them. And we pray your mercy be on these that are suffering from these various diseases. We pray for the those with stroke, we pray for my mom and my sister. I pray that you would restore their speech, restore their functions. I pray that you would cause them to be able to get up and be active. And I pray for Rudy. I don't have any updates on him. It's been a while, been a long time, months. But Lord, I just pray that you would um, heal him and restore him. Pray for Rob and Chris that as they continue to demonstrate recovery, I pray that you would continue to to baffle people with their their progress. I pray for uh, myself and for Richard. I pray that you would find a, a resolution to these um, intentional tremors. Uh, if it's neurological, I pray that you would reach in there and fix it, Lord. I just pray, especially for Richard and, and his practice, that um, it doesn't hinder what he does for other people. And I pray for those with broken bones. I pray for Sherry, of course, with her broken finger. And um, pray for Loretta and her wrist, hand, and forearm. I pray that you would just stitch these bones all the way back together, make them normal, make them strong and polished. I pray for my dad and his hip. I pray that you would heal his leg and cause him to be able to get up and be active and enjoy being active. And I pray for those relationships, those marriages that we've been praying for. I pray for those that have moved on. I pray that they would make good decisions moving forward. And I pray for those that are struggling or fighting to get together or to not get together I pray that you would cause them to be centered around you. And uh, I pray that your love would overwhelm them, would satisfy whatever kind of argument, whatever kind of urge for a confrontation that they have, that your love would overwhelm it. I pray for McKenna and um, this eating disorder. I pray that you would cause her to know that food is necessary, that calories are not the enemy. And I pray that you would cause her to know that she is loved and that you love her body, that you love how she looks because you see her the way you made her. And um, Lord, I wish that, that more of us would see what you see. I want to pray for our kids. Pray that as this world has just tantalizing treats to dangle in front of them, I pray that they would repent of the, the lusts and cares of this world. I pray that whatever this world is teaching them, whatever this, whatever this is, I pray that you would wash it out of their minds, cleanse their minds, bring them back to knowledge of you, bring them back to caring about how you feel about their lives. And uh, I pray for one in particular that is uh, suicidal and going in and out of treatment. I pray that you would cause him to know that you are God, that you love him, that you care. I want to pray for our first responders. I pray that As they uh, go out into the day today and try to rescue us and save us and protect us, I pray that as they go in harm's way, as they run toward the fire or toward the bullets or toward the hazard or the disaster, I pray that you would cause them to know that you are watching over them. And I pray that they would be safe and make it home safely. And I pray for abundant blessing on their households for the service that they provide to the community and to others acts of goodwill. Even though it's a job, I think most of these people got into it because they want to help people. And Lord, we pray for evangelists and missionaries. We pray for their words to be fruitful. We pray for their words to fall on fertile ground, that their words would be your words, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit and set souls on fire so that they they know that you are God. Cause uh, miracles to happen in the streets among lost people so that you will be glorified. I pray for their safety. I pray for their increase in numbers. I pray for them to be multiplied and duplicated. Your disciples would outnumber the lost. And Lord, we pray for Israel. We pray that as we're going into these really troubled times where Israel is being called this and that, pray that the world would somehow acknowledge that Israel is God's chosen people. And, um, And I pray that they would know that they were chosen to be saved by the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And I pray that they would honor that, that they would know it, that they would come to know that Abraham at one point most likely met the preincarnate Jesus who told him to take off his shoes. And God, um, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This always stuns me when it's describing the sea. Mm-hmm. So the NLT says that the sea was 30 feet long, 30 feet wide, 15 feet high.
1: I'm trying to imagine that in my head, like in reference to my living room. You pretty much fill up the entire living room of our house. Well, 30 feet. Most living rooms are 12 to 15 feet wide. Okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm just like, hey, so three quarters of our house. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. But how did they get into it if it was 15 feet high? Because it doesn't say anything about a ladder. (laughs) Bungee jumping? Bungee jumping, yeah. Catapult. (laughs) Slip and slide. (laughs) A holy slip and slide made of gold. (laughs) (laughs) I heard the translation in here. It says that. A bath is about 5.6 U.S. gallons. So 3,000 baths is about 16,800 gallons.
0: Yeah. So you think (laughs) about your... um, Okay, so let's just pull out the old calculator here.
1: (laughs) I was trying to think... How much water is in a swimming pool? Like how many gallons in a swimming pool?
0: Just for just for a sense of scope, okay. Your uh-huh. your average large water heater is forty gallons, right? Okay, some some have bigger, <laughs> uh, but your average one is about forty gallons. Yep. So <laughs> that is point zero zero two four. Oh, my word. Of <laughs> the sea. So it is not one tenth. It is not one hundredth. It is is two-point-four-one-thousandth of. Wow. So if you took 2,400 of your biggest water here that most households mm-hmm. have yep. and, and stacked them in a big cube, you might have some sense of scope as to how big the bat, the, the, <laughs> the
1: sea oh man i'm looking up how many gallons in a swimming pool cuz that's my, i want a visual for that yeah okay an olympic swimming pool i don't want a pool volume calculator i just want to know the average size uh 500,000
0: gallons of water hmm. that would be in an, an olympic swimming pool that's with the lanes wow okay so let's take an olympic swimming pool <laughs> Come on. Where's my thingy? There we go. Okay. Um, So an Olympic swimming pool. So basically the sea would be a thirtieth the size of an Olympic swimming pool.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: So I'm looking at a picture of an Olympic swimming pool and it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lanes. Uh Uh-huh. Nope. Ten lanes. And uh, so if we were just to take the 110 lane, so one out of the 10 lanes of an Olympic swimming pool Mm -hmm. would be three times the capacity of the sea.
1: Okay. Wow. There's a couple of visual and audio ideas to wrap your head around.
0: Yeah. I always get obsessed about the sea. It's just the biggest mammoth thing that they put there. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, it was just ornate with the oxen and the decorations around it, the brim.
0: Yeah. It not only had the 12 oxen holding it up, right? Mm -hmm, Right. It also says that it was encircled just below the rim by two rows of figures that resembled oxen. So there was about Mm -hmm. six oxen per foot and there's two rows of them, six oxen per feet of of the rim of the thing going around mm. the edge of it this is part of the basin it's cast into the basin right so where in the world did they cast this like did they did they first carve it out of wood and then stick that in the sand somewhere mm-hmm. and then use that as a mold to throw the gold into or the bronze, sorry.
1: Right. Um, I know it said somewhere in here that they did cast it out in the plains. Some of the stuff. The king cast them in the plain of the Jordan in the clay ground between Sukoth and Zerida. That was the vessels. So I don't know if that would be counted in the vessels or not. And then, okay, so they
0: did this out in the plain. This hmm sea is 30 feet wide, 30 feet long, 15 feet high. <laughs> the bronze is a hand thick, okay?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's very thick. Okay. So it would be immensely heavy. And huge. Dense and huge. regardless of whether it's even heavy, it's giant and cumbersome. Mm-hmm. And, um likely the size of a house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so would they have cast it in pieces and then welded, for lack of a better term, it together mm. when they got it into the temple? No. Nah
0: it seems almost as mysterious as the the construction of the pyramids.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> There's uh a hundred gold basins. That's a lot. Uh my question is why? Because in 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 those days the purposing of the temple, like there was only one guy that went in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well into did the holy of holies, yeah. Right. So how many people needed a basin to to be at the temple? Like did, did they did like a whole crowd of people also go into the the tent of meeting, you know, and need to use a hundred basins to wash themselves? <laughs> or was it just to have God's house be in excess?
1: Things that belonged to the burnt offering were washed in the basins, okay. but the sea oh. was for the priests, plural. There, I know, I was reading to look for it. So this wasn't in the Holy of Holies, it was for all of the priests for the offerings to wash them, which probably also sped up things when there were huge sacrifice days. Okay, that is
0: fully explained then. Yeah. The amount of sheer carnage that went on during, you know, big sacrificing days, Mm -hmm. they would often sacrifice more than a thousand of each kind of animal. Right. In a day. And it had to be like assembly line.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And it looks like a lot of the things were in sets of 10, like the tables and lampstands. And so I wonder if they were just lined up in rows and did their sacrifices.
0: And they have uh, lamp snuffers made of gold Mm -hmm. and incense burners. I wonder if these ever needed to be recast because of exposure to heat. If They get messed up, you know. I mean, I know they're going to be like handling this stuff with kids. With kid gloves.
1: Yeah. It's gold is soft.
0: Yeah. has a low melting point.
1: Yeah. That's a good question for how often they would have to ball it, you know, buff and polish it and keep it looking sparkly and, and clean for the Lord.
0: Because you figure, you know, we use cast iron, right? So mm-hmm. you have a cast iron trivet and you put a yep. cast iron skillet on a cast iron trivet and mm-hmm. eventually both of them get scuffed up on each other yep.
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they get dinged on each other because they're cast iron and right. cast iron is a porous metal. It's not, it's not the most solid metal. And Mm -hmm. cast iron is harder than gold. It's,
1: yeah, it's pretty hard and heavy. Since I broke my finger, I haven't been able to use it as often. So it's still hard to lift.
0: I've been getting my collection back up
1: oh good for you i still need a couple i need an eight inch and i need a big flat one to put on top of my gas stove because i have that middle burner that's really long it's like you could griddle put a oh, griddle so on it you want to get those. like one of the little round griddles oh no it's a long one it's the whole front to back oh, okay of the stove is a big long burner right in the middle so i right. could put a cast iron griddle there and cook things griddly things on it
0: yeah I used to love my 40-inch lodge griddle. That was pretty fantastic. You cook all the bacon.
1: <laughs> all kinds of things you can cook. Anyway, sorry. Squirrel trail. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> when I think of the Ark being transported and the way that it has its its poles,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, if you've ever seen the movie 300, it's a, um, a fictionalized account of the the, the Spartans versus Persia. And um, okay, it uh, it portrays Xerxes entering the scene on this cart that had these poles and mm-hmm. a mass of like a hundred slaves carrying this pedestal that uh, um, by poles mm-hmm. that the uh, the king of Persia is sitting on a throne on okay. top of it. And so I think of these cherubim, did they
1: transport the ark with the cherubim on it when they when they transported it? Did it oh, try? the ones that were built in the temple? I would think not. The priests brought in the ark of Yahweh's covenant to its place into the inner sanctuary of the house to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubim. So it sounds like they were already there. It's chapter five, verse seven. Let's
0: ask the internet, did the ark of the covenant with the cherubim on top well let's ask an ai <laughs> As an ai will do the research it's yes, there you go all right this ought to be rich okay and the Ark of the, or the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant inside the Tabernacle was also known as the Ark of the Testimony or as the Covenant Box. On top of this was the proprietary no. On top of this was the Propitiary, also known as the Mercy Seat, with the golden cherubim at its ends. The cherubim were not on top of the Ark, but on top of the Mercy Seat.
1: That was the, that was the original cherubim on the Ark, not the ones they made in the Temple, right?
0: I'm thinking that the that the cherubim were only in the tabernacle. Were the cherubim still in the same, only in the tabernacle and not and the Ark was moved? Cherubim were on top of the mercy seat, which is on top of the Ark of the Covenant inside the tabernacle. The wings of the cherubim spread over the resting place for the Ark so that the cherubim made a covering over the Ark at its holes. When viewed from above, there is no mention of cherubim being on top of the ark when it was moved. Just something interesting. The random things that pop in our heads that we wonder about.
1: (laughs) It's different every year when we read it.
0: you imagine? A thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not continue their service because of the cloud for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. What would happen? You know where I'm going with this. What? (laughs) What would happen today? Uh uh-huh if a cloud filled the church (laughs) so i'm i'm thinking that if the priest could not continue their service probably couldn't breathe in there Mm. probably couldn't see in there right
1: (laughs) so just you know department (laughs) (laughs) that's probably the first thing that would happen oh no there's a fire in the church everybody get out God forbid the Lord should show up <laughs> in a, in a way like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we,
0: uh, I mean, that's the last thing
1: we need is is God showing up in the church. Come on, I know that would just be too much to handle. So many believers, and we even have our moments when we do it, like to put him in a box and don't come out of that box. I can't handle it. It's too much.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, this is fun. What's that? So the the World English Bible says, "Or don't you know, brothers? For I speak to men who know the law that the law has dominion over a man for as long as he lives." Okay, so that makes you think. Okay, uh, it's always going to be over me, right? But but mm, another version says, "Don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living?"
1: So, once you're dead, the law no
0: longer applies to you. That's something hadn't really occurred to me. So, I think Paul's making reference to us dying to sin, right? Dying to our old man and, and living to Christ. So, he's saying that in this, we were crucified with Christ, which he does say at an, mm-hmm. another in another place. He mm-hmm. says we were crucified with Christ. So... Is that his way of saying that your conversion to a Christian is your death of your old man and your, your life as a new man, and that life as a new man is literally should be treated like your heavenly existence? Huh. Like this is Ever. the beginning of eternity for you, right? I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it.
1: Check out verse four. It helps a little. Therefore, my brothers, you also were made dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you would be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we might produce the fruit, produce fruit to God. And in verse six, it says we've been discharged from the law, having died to that in which we were held so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not in oldness of the letter. So we're living under the spirit and grace and not under the law anymore. We've died to that. So that just seems to reinforce my my harebrained idea
0: that <laughs> yes, it does. That this is like, as a saved person, you're supposed to be like, okay, we know that when we get to heaven, we're going to have a new body, we're going to be glorified bodies, and okay. it's going to be a new type of existence altogether. But is Paul saying that we're to treat this? This side, this section of our lives from the time of conversion until the time we die, as though we are already in our heavenly bodies, as though we are already in that heavenly existence. Like, mm-hmm. even he says that he does the things that he doesn't want to do. Right. Right. And it's it's very apparent that Paul still sins in his right. worldly life. He's not embracing sin. He's not practicing sin, but he finds himself sinning.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's something to think about. I don't really see it that way, but I understand. Yeah, my thought. I'm just asking if uh, that. That's just my my question. Yeah. To
0: to um to the Bible. Maybe the Bible will speak to us about it. Yeah,
1: that's why we keep reading it.
0: Yeah. Um, I had a pastor friend I mentioned before, Pastor Coleman, who is the founder of uh, the church where I originally got saved.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: he, he uh, is a deep theologian mm-hmm. and he loved it when I would come in as a new Christian. He loved it when I came in and I would ask him sometimes really dumb questions out <laughs> uh, about Christianity about the Bible uh, I read through the Bible as I was listening to it in um in audio form um which by the way is why we do this because I believe yes. that it is important I believe that it's not cheating I believe that the the um the Bible in audio is one of the most important tools that we have that we that we should all be doing mm-hmm. and I don't care that the the <laughs> there's a saturated market of Bible podcasts don't really care we should all Mm -hmm. be yes Um, so when i was doing that i was listening to a book of the bible or two each day as often as i could and and on repeat until i couldn't stand it anymore which as i've mentioned (laughs) for the book of leviticus and the book of deuteronomy was once yep (laughs) and um i would come with questions you know like um if why did God punish this nation if he's the one that made them bring judgment on Israel right these are right. these are questions that, Mm -hmm. especially as a new believer, right, as a a kind of veteran to to faith, we start to understand that God is sovereign and he can do whatever he wants with whomever he chooses. He is soft. Um, But as a new believer, we are, we have all these questions. Why did God judge these nations? Why did, you know, Uh um, why did he still kill David's son? Wasn't David's son innocent, Right. We, we yeah. have all these questions. And so it's it's funny, like in the beginning I would bring questions to, to this pastor about like um if like if we meet this condition and that condition and that condition, is this thing still sin? And uh and he goes, <laughs> Well, you could see it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Well, we'll probably find out about it later. <laughs> anyway, what's your game plan today?
1: My game plan today is do some stuff around the house and we are going to go, my husband and I are going to go see The Sound of Freedom at noon. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I've been wanting to since I heard about it. Cool. What are you up to today?
0: I'm going to try to fix some problems, get through some troubleshooting with my home business thing and and program the radio station. And um, that's probably it
1: that's enough
0: yep <laughs> anyway thanks for joining us you guys thanks for reading along with me each day sherry god bless you guys thanks for having me we will see you again tomorrow sometime around 10 or so ish live in the Jitsi room and then on the podcast so y'all have a great day if you don't find us here tomorrow then look for us in the sky in the a sky <laughs>
1: Bye bye